Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art, where we bring you a new story about your world in every episode. Today's guest is Rox Mojica. She was one of the 44 million people in America who owe a combined $1.6 trillion in student loans. But this summer, all her student loans were wiped out. Rox will share how she did it and how people in her situation can benefit also. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Nearly one-third of all American students have to go into debt to get through college. In 2020, the average student loan debt reached a record high of $38,792. If you take all the student loan debt currently owed by present and past college students, it would total $1.6 trillion. That's trillion with a T according to the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. There was a time when college was affordable and students could graduate debt-free, but then states made cuts to higher education and federal assistance plummeted, leaving students and their parents financially responsible for obtaining costly diplomas for careers and lifestyles that demanded higher degrees. For some in the brown and black community, the only way to get into higher education and complete four years was to rack up debt that they or their families have never experienced. And for some, they had to trade in lives in the civilian world and sign up for the military to get Uncle Sam to co-sign these student loans. Rox Mojica was one of these individuals who struggled with student loan debt for years and turned to the military for a better future. Her service, pain, and ultimate sacrifice earned her student loan forgiveness years after her deployment. Let's find out how a new regulation by the U.S. Department of Education to discharge student loans for veterans with total and permanent disability benefited Rocks this past summer and how it could help you or a loved one. I want to welcome to the show a very good friend of mine, Rox Mojica, uh, who I met back in April 2019 at a LULAC convention of LGBT leaders throughout the state of Texas who showed up. And one of the people I was very privileged to meet that day was Rox Mojica. Welcome to the show, Rox. Thank you, Jesse. I'm, you know, I'm so glad to be here. I think the topic that we're going to discuss is is something that's so important. Um, and yeah, you know, what a, what a great opportunity that was in Dallas um, with all those great Latinx leaders, future leaders. Um, and yeah, just a wonderful experience. And um, my apologies, but you're in the military. What's your rank right now? Yeah, so I am actually retired. So I'm 100% home and retired. I am a retired sergeant. So uh, yes, Sergeant Mojica, that's right. That's right. thank, Thank you for making time to be on the show. But the reason why I have you on the show is because you're one of the lucky ones. One of the lucky ones that got their student loan erased. You woke up one day and you saw that it was finally gone. But before we get to that, I want people to learn what you had to go through, uh, a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in the military. Tell us uh, how your story starts. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, 
I think I have a very common um, story, especially in the in the Latinx community. Uh, I was a high school dropout. Uh, I dropped out in the tenth grade, and in order to help my mom uh, and, and my younger sister, um, you know, I was working at Sonic and bringing home the burgers. And uh, you know, okay. I made a very I made a very tough decision um, to to withdraw from school so that I could focus on work. Um, you know, and and then the years passed, and then I find myself in my mid twenties, and I'm working three to four jobs, struggling to get by. Uh, you know. At the time, school was just completely off the table, um, except for student loans, you know, and then um, I'd start school and I wouldn't be able to finish because life would just interfere. Um, and so uh, 2009 came around and it was what, uh, what what's referred to as a surge. So there was combat operations growing in Iraq uh, and then also in, in Afghanistan. And so uh, I don't know if you remember the commercials, but the, I, it, the army of one, you know, you can be the exactly. army of one. Yeah. And so I just, I kept seeing these commercials and seeing these commercials and it, and it just really stuck with me. And it was like, okay, um, you know, what am I going to do? Because if I continue down this path, you know, I've seen my family struggle. I've seen my mom struggle, my dad struggle, um, you know, or. And let's just need to know that you're from San Antonio, which is a big military town. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Military installations. Yeah. Yeah, we have multiple um, Air Force bases, uh, multiple um, Army bases. We have the uh, Medical Center Training of Excellence. Um, so if you're in the medical field for really Navy, Army, Marines, Air Force, um, you're here in San Antonio. So yeah, military is huge. Um, now in my family, it really wasn't something that that we did. I come from a very um, strong uh, female background. So I have tons of tias and aunts and cousins, but, but not a lot of uncles. Um, and the few uh, that were that served and in, in, uh, during Vietnam, you know, you, you don't talk about their service. Exactly. Uh, and you don't it, talk about it. And it, and it just wasn't a good experience to share. Um, and so growing up, I was always like, never going to do that, never going to do that. Um, and then, you know, being that I dropped out so so young, I kind of had this freedom, um, you know, even though I worked a lot, you know, I was able to kind of just live my life almost like an adult, um, you know, paying bills and, and living life. And so, um, you know, I just really reached this place where it's like, man, from the time I was 14, 15 years old, I've been working and I'm 26. I mean, this was a decade plus of full-time working plus weekend jobs, side jobs, call center. I mean, you name it, I get it. Um, and so, uh, you know, there was also bonuses because, you know, they were, they were willing to take anybody. They were giving waivers for, um, you know, all kinds of things, whether it was weight or criminal background or education. I mean, they, re- we just, we had operations everywhere. Um, and so I decided, you know, I'm going to speak with a recruiter and just go from there. Um, went to the recruiter station. Uh, I think within three to four weeks, I had taken the ASVAB and was already on a bus. I mean, it was so quick. quick. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was such a fat, fast process. Um, and, you know, miraculously, someone that dropped out in the 10th grade, I scored phenomenal. And I could have any job that, that I wanted. Um, but what was interesting is, you know, we were going down the list of jobs um, and, you could see some jobs had a bonus and other jobs didn't. And, uh, you know, I'd struggled for so long. I just told the recruiter, can you just um, filter by the biggest bonus? And so she did that. And there was um, a, a job in the communications field and it was a four-year sign-on and a $40,000 sign-on bonus. Now, to me at that time, I could not even fathom what $40,000 looked like. 
But I was like, that's the job. I want to do that. Sign me up. And that's what I did. Um, and so, you know, it, it was just a, a, a great opportunity. And, um, you know, right away I got to training and I loved it. I absolutely loved, um, you know, wearing the uniform. I loved that, um, you know, that persona, that very, you know, not so much tough, but just they, they have their stuff together, you know, because in San Antonio, I was just that person dropped out of high school, you know, that that was my story. And, you know, yeah. I, I went out pretty often and, and, you know, I didn't make all the, all the smartest choices. And so in the military, none of that came with me. And so I really had the opportunity to create oh, the start. Absolutely. And, and I'm 26, right? So most of the people that graduated are straight from high school. I mean, some of these people are still in high school. And so, uh, you know, I was much older. And so I think I took it so much more serious because I knew like, this is really it. If I blow this, I don't know what else, what else is out there for me. Um, And so, you know, I had three main goals when I, when I entered, Um, you know, uh, go to school, get my finances right uh, and, and get healthy. And I mean, I just crushed those goals With, within the first year. I think I had already exceeded everything. Um, and so I finished training. I went to my duty station and within the first six months I was in Afghanistan. So I really had no time to enjoy being a soldier because I went from training, training to deployment. Um, and so just a very structured um, environment. And also at the time I served under Don't Ask, Don't Tell. Um, and I was in a very committed uh, relationship uh, with a woman at that time. And so it was also a very scary time to serve because I knew um, if my lifestyle came out, all of these things um, that, that are right there that I can touch the bonus, um, you know, future benefits, education, those could all get taken away. And now this career that I love also, I mean, I, I could get sent home at any time and you know, dishonorable discharge. And, you know, you, I mean, this is every benefit, you lose everything. Um, and so, um, so yeah, so, you know, for for majority of it, I I loved it. And the military, they instilled values that I just, I never really, not that my mom didn't teach me, but when you're a single mom and you're raising three kids, you know, your time is very limited. And, you know, we, we learn things like respect and, Um, you know, taking care of others. And we did a lot of service work. um, But just that everyday routine, you know, that, um, that dedication, right? Like that, that really being, being, being a military, that service member, that army person that, you know, you looks like they're in shape, looks like they have their stuff together. um, Became and so um, those core values I I lived by. Um, I'm so happy that you had a positive military experience. It's been in the news that not, not everyone, especially Latinos, uh, Latinx folks, have had a positive experience. Absolutely. And, you know, I think for me, uh, again, because of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, um, you know, I really put up these walls. So I didn't let anybody in. I was very reclusive. Um, and so, you know, it, it's easy to, to not have that like bad experience because I just was never with anybody. You know, and the flip side of that is, unfortunately, um, you know, to, to, to the, my fellow service members, it kind of looked like, you know, I, I was stuck up or, you know, I was hiding something and, you know, people didn't get me because, you know, why yeah. don't you ever want to come out with us? Why don't you want to do anything? Like you always have excuses. And so, 
you know, as, as much gratitude I have, I have for that good life, you know, there, there is an ugly side to the military being Latinx, being female, uh, you know, especially at that time, um, you know, identifying as LGBT, you know, that, 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 that was a very difficult time to serve, um, you know, and, and I was, how was your experience in Afghanistan? How long were you there? Well, actually, that's, I was going to share a story. So, um, so I was there for combat operations for, for a whole year. And I mean, we were doing uh, route clearance. So we were looking for bombs every day. So you're talking about one of the most stressful um, tours that you could get. That's what my unit was responsible for. Um, and while I was deployed, I had a senior leader and same thing, like, you know, why doesn't, why doesn't you want to talk to me? Why doesn't she's just, you know, she's always blowing me off. She's just too stuck up. And so this Sergeant, um, he actually, because this is when Facebook was still new. And so they didn't have a lot of security features. So, you know, back then all of your stuff was just out there. And so one night, you know, he was just trying to, I don't know, dig up information, dig up dirt, just something, because, you know, here I am just very squared away. Um, you know, very military. Protecting all- your career protecting my career absolutely um and and he ended up discovering you know my then um ex-wife and so he actually outed me while I was in Afghanistan and so um one night I'm asleep um you know and I never did anything to get in trouble and all of a sudden I'm hearing like this banging outside like my tent area and I was the only female that deployed with that group and so I knew like whatever's going on is not good um, and so, I mean, I rush out the door and, um, you know, the, the sergeant that was over both of us was like, I need you to be honest. Are you dating a woman? And I mean, I just started crying. I thought they were going to send me home. I mean, I'm in the middle of Afghanistan. Am I getting in trouble here? Um, and, you know, thank God that, you know, it, it was don't ask, don't tell. So, um, you know, that sergeant that was looking me up, that was doing all this research, um, you know, he he couldn't use it against me because I didn't yeah. give them any reason to look me up. Um, but it it, you know, in a way, I almost felt like I let that senior that senior leader down because now he's going to have to protect this secret about me, too. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so it it absolutely was a was a scary situation just thinking like oh my god he's going to tell everybody it's going to get out um and and just a, a lot of fear uh and you know from that point um you know i was already so isolated but i mean i just shut down i went um you know we left afghanistan and i mean i stayed to myself every single day and and you know, I got involved with school, with church, with vol- anything so that when people ask, hey, do you want to come out with us? Oh, I got this going on. I got that going on. Um, and, and it was just a, a way to um, to just continue to protect myself, to protect my lifestyle. I mean, you know, I, I dress pretty, pretty masculine and, and having to wear like girl jeans on base and a girl top or, you know, preferring to be in workout clothes all the time, because at least I'm not sacrificing so much of who I am. Yeah. Um, but it was, it, it, it was an, it was definitely an, an uncomfortable situation. And, you know, even when it was repealed, I, I never came out with my leadership um, just because I had built up such a rapport and I just really felt like they would look down on me. They would treat me different because, you know, there, there were inappropriate jokes, there were inappropriate comments, um, you know, it, it, and it's not the most inclusive, um, you know, at the time, at least, and I can't really speak for the service now, but, you know, it wasn't inclusive back then. I, I want to apologize because my first image of your life 
in the military was that it was so positive, but I'm so happy that you were honest about it just right now and tell me the downside, the dark side about this, how you oh. not only wanted to serve your country, but had to do so in such a toxic environment. And I am yeah. so sorry that you had to go through that. And I want to thank you for your honesty because people that are listening might think, oh, this is something that I should sign up for to help me with my student loan repayment. But beware what you get yourself into. Yeah, beware. absolutely. And, and, it, and it is hard. You know, I, I always share that it, it was a mixed experience because, um, you know, for the one or two friends that I was able to connect with and be honest with, I mean, we're still lifelong friends, um, you know the military gave me an opportunity and a life and a lifestyle that has forever changed my life. Um, and, you know, I, I just have so much gratitude for, for those um, aspects of the military. And, and, you know, really it's not the military that, that comprises of some of these more awful situations. You know, back then there was legislation on over, don't ask, don't tell. Yes. Um, but, you know, so much of it is just, is that toxic leadership. Um, you yeah. know, is is a culture where people are afraid to speak up, um, you know, or culture where, um, you know, if everyone is picking on this one person, then that's just what we're all going to do because you don't want to go against that current because it's just going to be awful for you. It's just like high school all over again. Sadly. Oh, abs absolutely. Among adults that should be not acting like that, that should be busy protecting our nation. I want to thank you again for sharing your story. Uh, your honest truth about your experience with the military. But um, because of that experience, it led to something very positive in your life right now. You got to erase your student loan debt. Nearly one third of all American students have to go into debt right now to get through college. And last year, the average student loan debt reached a record high of $38,000 $38,792. And collectively throughout the United States, 1.6 trillion is owed in student loans. And we're talking students and parents who put their students who had to take out loans. But one day this past summer, you woke up and it was wiped out. Tell us about oh. that experience. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because I often get asked, well, you were in the service. How did you how did you have student loans? Um, and so really, I started getting um, I attempted school before I did the military um, and, you know, just one or two loans here and there and then immediately had to drop out of school. Um, so then I, I, I went to the service and, you know, again, don't ask, don't tell. Um, and so. I was at the time in a relationship, uh, we were raising children and I was living off of a private salary um, and considered a single soldier. So I didn't get housing benefits uh, for my family. Um, I didn't get separation pay for my family. Um, we didn't get rations for food. Um, and so I found out pretty early that one way that I could help, uh, you know, kind of twofold, one, I'm getting my education and two, you know, I can support my family while I'm away. Um, and so I was able to get student loans. And so, you know, over time, you know, and, and, and all, honestly, I did not even realize like how bad it got, um, you know? And so, yeah, one day I woke up all 17 gone. And I think I, I want to say the total was like right at around 138,000, but 
I have my undergrad, I have my MBA, um, you know, it was years and years of schooling. Um, but the program that, that I qualified for is called the TPD. It's a total and permanent uh, disability discharge. So through the office of the US Department of Education, um, you'd go there and apply. Now, mind you, I had applied before. I had tried this program before. Same documents, same application, denied, denied, denied. And so I just kind of gave up on it. I figured I'll find a way to make it work. Um, you know, I, because of my education, I, I do have a really great um, career. Um, I'm also 100% rated. And so I get compensation through the VA. And so you know, I just figured for the next 30 years, I just have to pay these back. Um, but luckily, I had read, um, and I mean, this was friends telling me this was uh, news reports. And, you know, on Facebook, you, you see something that says student loan change it. And I was like, nah, it's exactly. You know, it, I, I always come across those articles. And then I'm, uh, you know, by day, I'm a public servant, been a public servant for 25 years. And I always read how they'll pay it off. You've been, but it's sort of like, I tried it once and I got denied, but you were brave enough to go ahead and follow through this because you believed in this program. The total and permanent disability TPD, it's called, it was offered by the U.S. Department of Education this year. And it's granting 323,000 uh, people that took out student loans, um, more than 5.8 billion in automatic student loan discharges to uh, due to a new regulation that it just decided to enact this summer. And you're one of the lucky ones. Absolutely. And so part of some of these changes is um, if you're 100% and the VA is reporting you, um, the, 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 the Department of Education will automatically um, actually just waive your loans. Now, for me, mine weren't, mine weren't waived. And so um, I did have to do some work. And I did say, you know what? What is the harm in applying again? The worst thing they're going to do is tell me no. Um, but I will say from the very start of this new application this year, completely different than the experience I had before. Um, in the past, it had been, you know, verbiage that I didn't even understand documents that where am I supposed to get that from? Um, you know, you talk to customer service and, and you're just kind of going in circles and jumping through hoops and all of that to get denied. And this time it was so different. I went online, filled out the online application, um, again, for the TPD veteran specific, all that was required is one letter from the VA that any veteran can go on to eBenefits. Um, and that's a website that, that veterans access for anything through the Veterans Affairs. So eBenefits, you go generate a letter, as long as that, that letter has your um, rated percentage. And again, for, for this particular program, it's 100%. Once you print that letter, submit it with your application, you should have a decision within, I, I believe the longest that they have is 120 days. Um, but that's the longest time that they have to process it. For most people, they were saying now with these new processes in place, it should take maybe four to six weeks. Um, and so, yeah, so absolutely. So I went in, uh, turned in my documents, and honestly, I didn't even think to check on it. I, I never checked the status. I never followed up with it because I was like, you know what? I've, 
I'm not going to spend time looking just to get denied. And so I'm yeah. not going to worry about it. If it happens, it happens. And so, um, you know, I, inside that oh, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. Yeah. And, um, you know, and another thing there, there have been several updates to this program specifically for this one. And this was one of the key factors that made me decide, you know what, I'm going to try again. Um, if you're a veteran and you qualify for the TPD by providing VA specific documentation um, that you have either a service connected disability that is 100% in rating um, or you're totally disabled based on uh, your unemployment rating, you are not subjected uh, to three years of monitoring. So what that means is in the past, if you had your um, student loans waived um, or canceled for three years, you would have your income monitored. And if you made above the poverty line um, for your state, your loans would be reinstated. That is no longer in place. So if you're a veteran and they're white, they're white. It doesn't matter if you're making six figures, if you cannot work and are on, you know, some other government assistance, um, it doesn't matter. You're no longer subjected to any follow-up um, reviews, documentations, interviews, nothing. It, it really is gone. Um, and from the time I applied to the time that I was like, you know, I'm going to check, it was probably about six to eight weeks. And so it, it could have okay. been shorter, but I know that it was for sure done um, in, in that period of time. Um, and, and I was in disbelief. I mean, I think I was even in bed when I checked and I'm like, oh my gosh, like I just wanted to tell everybody because I was so excited. <laughs> I, mean, I have been fighting and, you know, this dark cloud has been following me for, you know, 20 plus years. Exactly. Um, and so I, I checked every website. I, I went and ran my credit report and they were gone. Uh, so oh just- just an incredible experience. Um, I, I, I did. Want I, say that, I want to say that I'm referring to you as one of the lucky ones. But I want to take it back because you're not lucky. You earned this. You earned this being in Afghanistan and looking for those bombs to prevent soldiers and enlisted folks going out there and losing their their body parts or their lives. You earned this. You earned this trying to put a uh, put up with that toxic environment to defend our nation. So this wasn't a giveaway. This is something that you earned. And I'm sorry that you had to go through all of that just to get rid of this debt, but I'm so happy that they finally thought of this program, especially because of your service and the sacrifices that you made for this country. Absolutely. And I think, um, especially when you talk to veterans, a lot of time they're put off by assistance. No, I'm fine you know, leave that for people that really need help. Um, and, and what service members often um, don't recognize is that, you know, this, this isn't us just getting some kind of handout, right? For, for people, especially in this, pro, if you were rated at a hundred percent disabled, I mean, that means that something had to have happened. And, you know, I, I can share. So um, the reason why I was retired, uh, and my military career cut short is because I was involved in a, uh, a military convoy incident. So I was actually crushed um, while on convoy and I've had several um, spinal fusions. So I have uh, fusions in my neck, fusions in my lower back. I mean, I've been in everything from a wheelchair to a walker, to a cane, learned to walk appointments, medication. I mean, there, I mean, you, you, you name this Your life list. Has changed. Your Absolutely. Life has been upended. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so when you look at programs like this, it's, it's important for veterans to recognize that this is not just something that affects us. This is also something that affects our families. I was right? about to say that because the veterans in my family, when they came back, they didn't stop being that voice for the family. They're the ones that take care of the family. They're the ones that sacrifice themselves, learn how to find their voice while they were abroad. And they came back and they're running things. They're still acting like heads of the household. They're not retirement, you know, and shutting themselves down. The veterans and, and, and Latino families, they're the ones that are most vocal and trying to get stuff done for those families. You don't stop being a leader. In fact, you just continue and you have a whole new group of people that you have to take care of. Absolutely. So and if you're not taking care of yourself, who's going to take care of your family? For sure. and, and, you know, I think that you also have to learn that you have to advocate for yourself. You know, again, I, I shared that my military experience was, was me. I was by, I was by myself almost every single day. So I didn't have um, that mentor to guide me through these programs. A lot of the programs that I found were me Googling stuff, me looking up stuff, looking up resources, um, because there are so many benefits that are out there. I mean, you you kind of name that demographic group and I can almost guarantee you there's some sort of resource or help out there, but you have to be able to, to, to advocate for yourself um, to do the work, right? You have to be resilient because, you know, I shared openly, this was not my first time applying to this same exact program that my disabilities didn't change. My rating has never changed. Nothing has changed. The only thing that changed was this program. Um, you know, so again, if, if, if you had been disqualified in the past, now is a great time to look again at another application. Um, because, you know, this is something that is not only going to help me, this is you know, directly going to benefit my family, you know, that would have been several hundred dollars of, you know, almost another mortgage that we would have had to worry about that now, you know, God forbid, if something ever happens to me, that that is not going to be a burden on my wife, my children, anybody. If people want to learn more about this program. Yes. Yeah, so you can go to um, one of two places. So the site that ultimately starts you kind of through this path is you can start at the student aid, um, studentaid.gov. Um, and there's a managed loan section under that managed loan. Um, if you fall under one of these forbearance categories, you'll pick from that drop down and then that'll take you to a specific page um, geared directly for that program. And so this is all right. through, again, Department of Education, um, studentaid.gov. Um, very simple process. Uh, it's very, uh, even the, um, the requirements, the stipulation, the, the verbiage that they use, it, it's, it's very easy to understand. And so, um, you know, you can just really tell that some work has absolutely gone into this program to simplify the process, to help veterans, to help those folks who are in public service, the teachers, um, you know, the people that are really deserving of this aid. I want to thank you so much for coming on and just telling me your story. I thought I knew a lot about you, but my God, it's, there's more layers to your journey that I'm so uh, privileged to be um, sharing your story with our listeners today. Thank you, retired Sergeant Mojica, for your service and for your story, because it's hopefully going to inspire people to that find themselves in the same situation as you are 
Don't wait another day. Start looking. Start doing the research. Start going on the websites and start looking to see what you can start um, the process because um, it's uh, it's it's happening. It's available. Absolutely. And I did just want to share one quick thing. You know, I think the most important part of my journey is always like share the blessing, right? And and for me, the blessing always comes in the form of information. I, I share so much on my social media. I share with family and friends because you never know, oh, that coworker, my cousin, my uncle, you know, my friend did this, or I know someone and she did this. Um, and just by getting that word out, you know, these, these benefits are put in place for a reason. Um, and there are so many dedicated Americans that have done what they're supposed to do. And now it's time that, that they get those benefits um, much deserving. Uh, and so, you know, doing things like this, speaking on it, sharing about it, it it's so important um, because I think one of the number one reason why benefits don't get used is simply because people don't know about it. They don't know about it or they just feel that the same for them. But we're going to change those <laughs> opinions. They'll change Absolutely. some and, and get these folks to start applying for them. Thank you so much, Rox, for coming on the show. I can't wait to see you see you again in person. Hopefully in the future, go visit San Antonio, my lovely San Antonio that I miss so much. Hope everything is well for you. Absolutely. And, and you know, again, Jesse, thank you so much for, for letting me share my story. Um, and, and I can guarantee I got more stories to come. So anytime yeah. you want to have me back, I'm happy to share. So thank you again. This, you know, um, my time in the service is, is, is such a very special time. Um, and, and, you know, I think for a lot of young female, um, females out there, uh, Latinx females out there, especially, um, you know, we need people that we can look up to and we need those stories of success. So often we see our brothers and our uncles and our cousins do these wonderful things. Um, and it's been a blessing in my life to serve my country, um, to be a mentor and a role model for so many in my family, um, you know, friends of friends, friends, children, um, to be able to share stories like this, um, to share so much positive, um, and, you know, you don't have to depend on anyone to take care of you. You're able to do that for yourself, you know, but it, it, it comes with work uh, and it comes with dedication um, and, and just the ability to, to continue service in my community is just an amazing thing. So very grateful. Amen. Thank you. Thank you.